Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week we're talking about the Peacock series Girls 5 Eva, the Netflix series The Chair, and we're also discussing women in recent horror films. That's right. So you just recently finished watching the first season, hopefully the first of many seasons, of this Peacock comedy. I don't really know super too much about this. So Yeah, it's called Girls 5 Eva, <laughs> which is spelled Girls, the number five, E-V-A. <laughs> <laughs> and I was interested in this because Sarah Bareilles is in it, and I love her to death, but I realized that the subject matter it's just really up my alley. Like I'm really in the right age to, to connect with it. <laughs> so it's about four women. So Sarah Bareilles plays Dawn. Busy Phillips, who's also great, plays Summer. Paula Pell, who's also great, plays Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> and Renee Elise Goldsberry, who is also great, plays Wiki. <laughs> so right off the bat, really good cast. And they start as four women who were in a girl band back in like 2000s. Mm -hmm. They were called Girls 5 Ever because they did have five members. Ashley Park plays Ashley Gold, but unfortunately she died between then and now. So there are only oh. four of them in the present. Oh. But she kind of comes back in some weird and interesting and funny ways. So <laughs> it's not all sad. Yeah, so they they're sort of like all... In different places in their li lives. Dawn works at her brother's restaurant. Um, she's married. They have like a four-year-old son. Her husband's played by Daniel Breaker. His name's Scott. And he's just like really cute and supportive. And I enjoyed him a lot. <laughs> and Summer is married to a boy bander oh. named Kev. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, like, she's still riding the high of them being like boy band and girl bands like hot couple from like 20 years ago <laughs> oh but he spends a lot of time down in florida because of his job so everyone is sort of like are you like are you really happy in your marriage they also have like a nine-year-old daughter named stevia and <laughs> <laughs> she herself is like an influencer <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, it's very much a send-up, like, we're like, oh, this is not healthy for this child. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Pell is Gloria, and she is a dentist, Oh, so she is pretty successful, but also she's not very successful in her love life. There's a joke in the first episode about how she and her wife were the first gay couple to get divorced in Connecticut or something, so <laughs> yeah, it's a little sad. And then Wiki... That's W-I-C-K-I-E. I don't know why that's her name, but I think it's cute. <laughs> she sort of pretends on Instagram to like be glamorous and have all this money and access to like private jets and stuff, but really she like works at the airport. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all sort of like at a crossroads in their lives, and what happens is there's this young up-and-coming like hip-hop artist. <laughs> Played by Jeremiah Kraft, and his name is Lil Stinker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing his new song, and his producers are, like, trying to sample an older song with it. So they're, like, going through 
samples and they hit on a girl's five eva song and he's like yeah that one so don is like in the doctor's office at the beginning of the episode and she hears little stinkers song come on but theirs is sampled in the background mm-hmm. and she's like that's girls five eva so she reconnects with their old manager and like gets the he, he's like really not a good guy he's played by jonathan hattery his name's larry <laughs> and he's like had their royalty checks for like 87 days and they need to be deposited in the next two days or something <laughs> so she's just like larry <laughs> So it sort of becomes Don's job to get the checks to everyone else. And in the process, they get invited on uh, one of the late night shows. I can't actually remember whose. And they perform in the background with Lil Stinker. So (laughs) it's eight episodes. They're half an hour. So it sort of becomes this quest to like, they get re-energized and they're like, oh, we can definitely do this again. But it becomes a quest for them to hit their 2000s goal of, you know, being a pop group. And there are definitely ups and downs along the way. And there are people who help them and support them. There are people who don't do that very much. It's a comedy. It's created by Meredith Scardino. She has written some Saturday Night Live. And I think she created The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Tina Fey was involved with that, and I think she's involved as producer with this. And she shows up in one episode (laughs) as Dolly Parton. (laughs) What? (laughs) So so it's just, like, really wild. And, yeah, I love that it was about four friends reconnecting and following something they love, following their passion. And the music is fun. They do a lot of flashbacks to the 2000s where their songs were like pretty terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So that's always fun. And like on one episode, Don is determined. Oh, they go through this process of like people used to write their music and now they're trying to get someone to write their music for them, but they're not really coming up with stuff they like. So Don's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write our next hit. And it does take her a while, but she writes a beautiful song called Four Stars. And yeah, like they sing it. Their their whole goal is to get to this thing called the Jingle Ball at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't spoil how or if they get there, but um they do go through a lot of a lot of things. And I found the last episode in particular to be like really inspirational and i got like a little bit emotional (laughs) oh so yeah all around i just think it's a great great show all the actors in it are wonderful a lot a lot of the humor is like i didn't notice any punching down humor it's it's all like stuff that genuinely made me laugh and not always wholesome but i don't know what what the word for it would be feel good yeah thank you feel good feel good humor yeah and they all sort of go on a journey throughout the eight episodes and they grow as people and you're like oh that's so nice (laughs) yeah the only thing is this is on peacock premiere Mm. which is unfortunate because (laughs) 
<laughs> Who wants to pay for another streaming service? I know. The good thing is, it comes with my parents' cable. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, every couple weeks, I would, I would come visit my parents and watch, like, two or three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I, it did get renewed for season two. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I don't know when that will be out. But um, if you, yeah, if anyone listening has the opportunity to check it out, if you have Comcast in Pennsylvania, it might, <laughs> <laughs> might come with your cable. Yeah, if you have a way to watch it, I think you would really, really enjoy it. So, Cool. That sounds very cute. And I have a whole, I only have the basic Peacock. And so there's a bunch of shows that I have been able to start and not finish because what they do is they, they suck you in, let you have like three, and then they cut you off and say, enjoying this? Why don't you upgrade? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. So I haven't started this yet because I know that's going to happen. And I don't know if I want to like go ahead and splurge for the premium. I think it's like, it's not very expensive, but it's still like, ugh, another streaming service. So yeah, that's been my resistance. <laughs> Do they have a trial period? Do you know? I don't know, but... I think their trial period is that you get to see a few episodes yeah. of their premium shows. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll think about it. I I was thinking about rotating between a couple other <laughs> streaming things like Apple TV and like this, and just kind of canceling them after I watch what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this would be really easy to watch, like in a weekend. Uh huh. Yeah, it's about four hours total. I think. Cool. But yeah, if you like canceled something else for the month and then got Peacock for the month, that yeah. would work. <laughs> cool. But you have been watching a new Netflix show, which mm -hmm. I've heard a lot about. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it, called The Chair. Yeah, this is also a comedy, although it's a little more serious. And this is also very short. It's only six episodes. So I was able to watch this in a weekend also. So yeah, it's called The Chair. And it takes place at a fictional university that is nebulously in New England, called Pembroke University. And it's about, it's about a professor who is newly appointed as the chair of the English department at this university. And she's the first woman to serve as chair. And it's a woman named Ji-Yoon Kim, played by Sandra Oh, who is amazing. Sandra Oh from Grey's Anatomy and Killing Eve and various films and whatnot. And she's a delight. And it's kind of just about a lot of the Strange things that happen in academia, especially at a small liberal arts college, and the various political maneuverings that she has to do, and negotiating things with the dean and with the faculty, and the various problems at this school, and including the fact that there is another professor in the department, Bill Dobson, played by Jay Duplass, who is just kind of a mess <laughs> and gets embroiled in a little controversy partway through the series. So this has been talked about a lot in terms of it's one of the first TV shows that really deals with academia. I mean, we could argue that community does, but that's a very broad, surreal comedy. And it's about a community college. This is the first one that's kind of about a university and sort of unveils how dysfunctional it can be in certain ways and whatnot. And there's a lot of issues about race and gender and generational conflict. Yeah, so I thought it was really good as someone who my my other life is in higher ed. <laughs> I saw a lot of things that were realistic, a lot of things that resonated, a lot of things that were just sort of invented and whatnot. 
And the thing about working in higher ed is that there's so many different types of institutions. So this is going to resonate with a lot of people, but but not everyone. And I've mostly worked at state universities. So some of the things that seemed very elite and whatnot were not really, I know about them and I'm certainly aware, but I also feel like I relate in some ways more to community in some regards. <laughs> but yeah, and there's a uh, there's another young faculty member who's a black woman named Yaz McKay, played by Nana Menash, and she has a lot different experiences than Sandra O's character does, and there's some conflict there about trying to make sure that young women of color feel mentored and nurtured, and there's some gender issues with an older female faculty member, Joan Hambling, played by the amazing Holland Taylor, that even though she's an older woman, she's still a woman, and there's a lot of things she had to prove going through her time in the department that that she's still struggling to prove, even though she's, you know, senior, full professor. And she had never been department chair herself, even though she's mm-hmm. been in the department a lot longer than Jiyoon has. And that's kind of interesting. And a lot of the faculty in this department are white, old men. And yeah, and they end up getting protected a lot more. Yeah. But there's also a lot of issues around funding and enrollment and how is the English department even still relevant and are they even going to still exist? And there's, yeah. oh, it's just like, it's it was a little bit hard to watch and I had put off watching it because I'm like, this is going to be sort of triggering in all kinds of ways. And it was. I don't like that. Yeah, but it was also really funny and I didn't realize it was going to be a lot more comedic and gentle than it is. And it, it is. And it doesn't make you feel bad. It's it. I think it tries to be hopeful. And there is this element of it that happens late in this series in the season, where a very famous actor plays themselves. Okay. And it is a random out of left field cameo. And it is hilarious. And I do not want to spoil who it is or what the capacity is. But well, there there's a thing where Ji Yoon is is sort of bullied into having a visiting lecturer okay. teach some classes and stuff. And so she's sold on it being this particular actor, because this actor technically has a bunch of graduate work and has published some books and stuff. And she's Ji Yoon is like, but that's so and so and that's stupid and I'm not gonna do that. But they end <laughs> up having to do it anyway. And it's hilarious and and really well done. Okay. So even though it's this kind of semi-realistic comedy drama that's sort of gentle and kind of like a romantic comedy in some ways and whatnot, there is this sort of almost surreal moment out of left field. But the thing that's that's funny about that is that in academia, I could 100% see that happening, <laughs> where, <laughs> where to just get like, you know, students in seats for presentations and to get donor money and to get whatever that you have essentially stunt casting of one of your lecturerships as this right. dumb <laughs> Hollywood idiot. And you're like, ugh, this is stupid. But it's also like some of that's necessary for money. So it's, yeah, uh, it's really frustrating. So the other frustrating thing is that some of the men who are problematic and weird get away with a lot and don't have a lot of repercussions against them. And it's, that is frustrating. So there's a lot of interesting things about gender and race and institutional support. And yeah, and this is co-created and produced by Amanda Peet, 
who is an actress, and I really didn't know that she was kind of moving into writing and stuff. So I was very impressed, and I hope she does more, and I hope this gets renewed. There's not been an announcement of whether there's going to be a season two. Okay. But it's such a compact little season with such a small cast of great actors that it's the kind of show that is easy to probably do during COVID and whatnot. So I, I'm hopeful that they'll renew it. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Oh, I found out one of the one of the schools that served as the fictional Pembroke University was in Pittsburgh. So if you watch it, yeah, you might recognize some scenery. That's really <laughs> awesome. Actually, that makes me want to watch it a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I'm on the trivia on IMDb and it, it says they use both Chatham University, which is in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and then Washington and Jefferson, which is about a half an hour outside of Pittsburgh. But I've been there. So cool. I would definitely recognize those places. That's really cool. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. I think I will. I think I was just worried about whether it would, yeah, some of the stuff would like make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> but Sandra O oh is great. Sandra O oh is great. And she's great in this. Yeah. You are also in this world as well. So <laughs> a lot of this, I think, will be, oh, this is a little too familiar. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's worth your time anyway. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Yeah, I will. I'll bump it up on my list. Okay, cool. We have both been randomly watching some horror movies, probably in gearing up for Halloween time. And uh, we noticed that with two different films that we each of us saw lately, there was this theme of women not being believed in in observing horrific things. So right. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about the film that you watched? Sure. Yeah. And I don't think, I think that's a trope that I've seen a lot. It's not, I can't really think of any examples, any other examples, but yeah, the movie that I was, that I watched is called Aftermath. It's from 2021 and it stars Ashley Green as Natalie and Sean Ashmore as Kevin, who are a married couple. And they have had some issues in their marriage. Natalie has previously cheated on Kevin and they sort of need a fresh start. That's what their therapist tells them. And Kevin works as part of a cleanup crew for crime scenes. So he, at the beginning of the movie, he's cleaning, he and his buddies are cleaning up this house where a murder has taken place. And what ends up happening is they get a good deal on this house where the murder took place. And because they sort of need a fresh start, they take it. But Natalie starts to just get creeped out. And like when they first move in, they notice that in the closet, I don't actually know if it's the closet or down to the basement, but there are like finger claw marks in the wall. And yeah, and like no one's quite sure what happened. They know this guy was murdered, but I don't think they knew, know like who did it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. and things are moved every once in a while and someone like as she's sleeping one evening like she's napping and kevin's out of the house she later finds pictures of herself of herself sleeping on her phone <gasps> yeah it's clear that like something weird is going on someone's either intruding or playing a prank or something but Kevin sort of gets exasperated and he he tries to find rational explanations for all this stuff. They do contact the cops a few times and the cop is not very helpful. 
everyone sort of blames it on Natalie and Natalie's overactive imagination and stuff like that. So it it was sort of hard to watch at times. Mm. And I'm I'm just going to give a brief spoiler because there is a dog and the dog <gasps> does die. Oh no. Yeah, I like stopped I actually stopped watching it because I I looked up on does the dog die.com. Yeah. If the dog does die and he does, but I like fast forwarded through that part. So oh, yuck. Just yeah, just if anyone is thinking about watching it, they should keep that in mind. Okay. But what was your movie about? Yes. My movie was Malignant, which is also from 2021, and this was available. I think it's still available streaming on HBO Max and it's also released theatrically. And I just I just wanted to see this on a total whim. I had heard there was a twist in it, but I didn't know what it was, and I'm glad I didn't know what the twist was going in. Okay. So this is about a woman named Maddie, played by Annabelle Wallace. She's in an abusive marriage, and her husband kind of hits her one night, and then a bunch of creepy stuff starts happening from that point onward. There's this like sort of spectral entity that gets in their house and kills her husband, and she has a miscarriage. And from that point onward, she is just like seeing visions of murder. And she keeps trying to like have her sister kind of talk her through it and nobody's believing her. And there's like police detectives that she's trying to work with and nobody's believing her. And it's just all this stuff. And she keeps having like auditory hallucinations of this imaginary friend from her childhood. And she keeps trying to think maybe this person is real and I'm somehow witnessing his murders and just again nobody believes her nobody believes her and just creepier stuff happens and people keep going missing and dying and she's just sort of feels like she's beating her head against a wall of of no one taking her seriously and people just thinking she's crazy or that she has something to do with it and so it's really really frustrating and there is this very big twist ending okay and kind of things happen at the the sort of denouement of the of the film that i can't reveal because they are wackadoo and crazy and if anybody's curious i think they should have to sit through it the way I did. So, <laughs> that's fair i will say yeah. <laughs> yeah it it kind of has this almost campy feel to it too which is sort of strange it's directed by james wan who does the conjuring movies and saw movies and stuff. So he's known for a couple of different styles with his horror films where some of them are very like haunted house related and not as gruesome and then some are very gruesome and this is sort of a combination because it starts very haunted house like and more of a thriller and then when the twist happens it goes into like a slasher movie and it gets a lot grosser. So be aware of that that in the last act of the film it's a little bit more bloody and kind of gross. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting and I thought that it was trying to say some things about gender because this woman really isn't believed even though there's tons of evidence to show why she should be believed and why she needs to be examined carefully and listened to and there is this sort of male entity who is making things difficult for her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the, uh, there is some like victimization of other women in the film that I think is meant to be allegorical for what is happening. And even the title, we could take it a bit allegorically, but also semi-literally 
So yeah. And again, yeah, you were right earlier that this is very much a trope that a lot of things in horror have to do with someone who is not in a position of privilege being the voice of reason, sort of the Cassandra trying to warn people that something terrible is happening. But because of that person's power position, it's easy to write them off for a variety of reasons. Right. Yeah. And so I think that when you look at horror, some horror is easy to say that it's coming off very sexist, like like 70s and early 80s slasher movies, and that there's a lot of weird gender role stuff that they're working through. But that I think more contemporary horror is trying to subvert that and trying to demonstrate that, no, you really should have been listening to this person all along. <laughs> and we could have avoided all of this. I mean, that's obviously, if you do that, then there's no movie. There's like, oh, wait, let's listen to you. Okay. Let's right, solve this right. problem in the first 10 minutes and then we're done. <laughs> but it's it's making a point about larger societal problems and, you know, you have to let it play out a little bit. So, yeah. So I think that women discounting horror as being a sexist genre, I think that's not necessarily true any longer. Mm -hmm. Or at least with some of these more contemporary filmmakers, they're trying to make some points about that. So I agree. Yeah. As anyone who has been following this for a long time knows, I'm a new horror fan, so I don't have a great history of the genre. Although I did take a film class in college on the blockbuster, and one of the genres we did was horror, and we had to watch The Exorcist. Ooh. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have a ton of knowledge about the genre, but I do feel like this is a trope, and like tropes sort of start out one way like maybe it did start out as a sexist thing like oh no one believes the woman blah, blah blah but i think the longer it's been around as a trope the more people are trying to confront it and twist it and yeah turn it into some sort of message so like it's not just that this person who doesn't have a lot of power it's is being is not being listened to it's trying to say that we have to listen to people like that, mm -hmm. or we have to listen to the voices that we don't really want to listen to all the time. So I think the newer movies like this are a little bit easier for me to take, even though it's still like very frustrating as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Like I saw a part about the the pictures on her phone, and I was just like, Kevin, like she didn't take the pictures herself, mm -hmm. so who did? Like, <laughs> like really, really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, it is like slightly easier for me to take in the newer movies because there's a purpose behind the use of that trope, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but No no, no, but but yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. And when I do watch older horror films, even though I appreciate the nostalgia factor and, and kind of the old school aesthetic and stuff, it's more frustrating because it's not necessarily seen it's not necessarily played out the same way, like instead of us as the viewer sort of being subconsciously told, but we should be listening to her, it's that the male hero will often kind of take charge of the situation. Yes. Maybe because of what she says, but then she's not expected to also be the hero. Mm -hmm. So that's another kind of trope within the older films. Or, or she is, and she's the final girl trope. Um, which is a whole thing that we could get into later. Yeah, but, um, yeah. <laughs> that's another episode. 
that's another episode. But yeah, <laughs> these are I I kind of ultimately enjoyed Malignant and think it's worthwhile, but it is very weird. Okay. Um, so and I appreciate the warning about aftermath. I don't know if I can watch dog yeah, violence. You're quite welcome. It's not I mean, in terms of how it happens, it's not super violent, but it's not pleasant, you no. know. Yeah. So yeah, I was upset about that. But I mean, people got killed too. I was less upset about that. That shows where our sens- sensibilities lie. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's just, you know, dogs are helpless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I would not say that I love this movie, but mm-hmm. I am happy that I did watch it. I don't think I'm ever going to like rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, next week, we will be bringing you some more great pop culture stuff. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And please read us and review us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs>